I think there are moments that you can look back with some time and perspective and go, that was an inflection point. We are absolutely in the heart of one. I remember my parents would talk about getting a color TV. That was one of those milestone moments. I think this, from a business perspective, from a education, how citizens interact with the government, it's all changing and getting better and more accessible for everyone. That's amazing. And to be a part of that in some small way through technology and through conversations like this is absolutely thrilling. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Today's bonus episode is brought to you by Adobe Document Cloud, providing the world's leading PDF and electronic signature solutions so you can turn your manual document processes into efficient digital ones. Learn more about the research discussed in this episode at adobe.ly slash future of time. Todd Gerber is the Vice President for Document Cloud Product Marketing at Adobe. I recently got to sit down with Todd to discuss the incredible work that both he and the Adobe team have been doing. As most know, Adobe is a technology company that creates software applications with a creative design edge. It aims to change the world through digital experiences and bridges the gap between art and technology. I spoke to Todd about Adobe's impact on small businesses and the technological inflection point that Adobe is contributing to in a big way. I grew up in a small town in the Midwest, and so I'd say it's in my DNA. When I was in college, I worked at the local department store, and I look at then and my life now, the businesses that I go to are all small. Family run, run sometimes, I, you know, the dry cleaner I go to, that's third generation at this point. And so I love supporting small businesses. It's just been a, a major part of my life. And large companies often make the goods and services that small businesses help to disseminate and make, make available to, to people all around the world. So it's all connected is how I look at it at the end of the day. Yeah, it's really amazing when I think about it. And I had started a small business 20 years ago. And then I had started one. I built that, sold that, started another one back in 2012. And even from that time of starting a business in the late 90s to 2012, so much was changed to make it much easier, at least as a business owner, really to scale without having thousands of employees and just make it easier on my life. What do you think are the biggest things that you have provided and have done for small business owners through Adobe to really make it a lot easier and make it easier to run businesses today? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is really helping businesses automate, simplify workflows and a lot of the paper-based processes. Any type of business has to traffic in some form of processing, whether it's payroll, new employee onboarding. And even if it's a very small, there's only maybe two, two employees, there's an application. You have to intake that, um, go through that, review that. There are certain types of businesses that are going to have regulatory responsibilities that they need to adhere to. And you look at, I remember when we were in the process of acquiring a new signature company um, several years back, 
And one of the compelling reasons why we were interested and why businesses were interested in using that type of technology was the time savings. You know, a lot of the types of things that you uh, deal with when you're shipping something overnight, you've got overnight envelope costs and it adds up substantial costs from that perspective. And you also don't know where things are necessarily in the process. You're able to digitize all that. You you take out a lot of the, the time and processing. We did a profile a couple of years ago on a a company, a nonprofit organization that helped to get um, aid to um, uh, people suffering from HIV. And they spent a lot of time, like typically a month, these leather binders that would go around the office that needed to get signed. And so the, the money that people were donating was locked up waiting for somebody to approve where it was going to go. You dramatically take all of that time back out and you can reinvest it in the things that matter and accelerate whatever it is for your business your nonprofits in a substantial way. And so things like taking paper to digital and workflow-based processes that might be digital, digital, and then the last mile is paper-based, like that's what we're all about and trying to help to simplify and accelerate those those types of uh, processes. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you from being a business owner in in different decades here and going from kind of that binder situation where you got to get sick. I mean, not only the money, but just the amount of time that that must save for people, that's got to really be the, the huge value, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when people get into starting their small business, there's a passion. You want to do this for a particular reason. One of the things that in a small business that I patronize is a small Pilates studio and founded by a former dancer. And during this COVID times, a lot more requirements in order to be open. You had to sign a waiver and attest to that you don't have a fever, you haven't traveled in a certain amount of days, their resiliency and their ability to digitize a lot of that and, and simplify these processes where the requirements were constantly changing, often in the context of a couple of days, a month, you know, you're operating this way and that way, it allows you to be much more nimble. And they're focused on wellness and helping dancers recover, um, people just build core strength, not not the back office workflow stuff. They would like that to be the most minimal amount of time so that they can invest in the parts of the business and helping people that that matters most to them. Yeah. I find that small business owners, and a lot of times they go into businesses, they they have a passion for, and they, the example you're giving here with this Pilates studio owner, and I'm sure loves Pilates probably, you know, like you said, former dancer, and that person wants to spend time teaching Pilates, right? But it's amazing to me how many people I've talked to where it only, it just becomes about the stuff they don't want to do, the back office stuff, the paperwork, the processing. And it really seems to me, if you're able to help in those ways, I know you gave an example with kind of an e-signature and I'm sure you have many more, but to me, that's such an incredible part of it. So people can really start focusing on what they love to do and what they love about their businesses, because I hear it all the time and you must as well. Like I love my business. I love what I do, but I hate doing all of the stuff that just drains me and takes time. That's absolutely exactly what we hear from, from customers and out there talking to whether it's individual small business owners to, to larger size businesses, they, they want to focus their time in the places that will have the most, most impact. And if we can alleviate some of that burden and simplify. And it's also good for the environment, the amount of paper that you can take out of the system and transiting something physically from state to state or internationally, all that goes away. Yeah. It's 
so important. And I think just for so many entrepreneurs just to stick with their business. And this year has been extremely difficult, as we know, for so many people having to work from home, work-life boundaries have caused so many of us major stress. Is there one or two hacks you could offer to help kind of alleviate this all too common situation? What would they be right now? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I recognized really early on when the lockdown first, first started was a lot of sitting and a lot of, a lot of screen time. Now I'm, I work at a technology company. A lot of the way in which you interact with other stuff is through screens. Part of it is you need to take a break. I do. And I still do to this because we're, we're working principally remotely. I take micro walks. Um, even if it's just a five, 10 minute, just go up down the street, around the block, you need to walk away, take a break and refresh so that you can come back at it with a fresh perspective. And sometimes it's on those walks that that idea that I might have been stuck on will an answer or a couple of alternatives will, will come my way. I think the other thing is we were all physically in the same place or most most people were in a co-located place and we were f- physically meeting. We just kind of got right to it. And I think the last year and a half plus has reminded us all how important it is to take a moment and ask how people are doing. And I think the empathy empathy level is at an all-time high. And I hope that's something that persists once we're all, all through this, that human connection matters. And again, I think tying it back to people that are small business owners, they like interacting with the public, the, the customers that come into the store. And I think it's all given us a, a moment to reflect on what's really, really important. At the end of the day, it's, it's people, it's the relationships that make any, any business or endeavor worthwhile. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I I started to, I've been focused on my business and just pounding out hours and continual Zooms and just being able to walk outside, take a a five minute stroll around the block, come back in. It really is refreshing because you you don't get that when you're not in an office. And, and, And that's really just been such a savior. Obviously I'm here in New York city. So the weather has been good. I'm going to have to think of of other strategies in the winter, but it does seem like so many people have had these issues this year. And I saw a statistic that said something along the lines of small business owners and particularly minority business and and women-owned businesses are really feeling burnt out. I mean, I know the feeling as an entrepreneur and small business owner myself, but why has it affected those groups even more so than just in general, small business owners? Yeah, I think a couple of thoughts there. I think in both cases, whether it's, it's women-owned or, or minority-owned, there's pressure in the system pre-pandemic. A lot of times folks uh, feel a higher degree of pressure to contribute to their community. You're going to have, in some cases, the family and childcare needs that uh, might be more burdened on one part of the, the gender versus a, another. And so you just add on top of that, then the pressure of keeping your business afloat in times, the realities of who gets approved for a loan. Will it be processed as fast as maybe a, another cohort? Those are sadly realities that we hope that the world will continue to change and evolve. But those have unfortunately been some of the reasons why that that is the case. I think the, the key though is how can we make this a better leveled environment for all? How can technology help equal the playing field so that um, no matter who you are, where you come from, that you all have an equal shot and access to the same capabilities and technology to help advance and alleviate some of the pressures that, that exist in the world today. And I think that's one of the greatest things about technology is that 
it gives everybody an even playing field to work with. Yeah, totally. That's the beauty, like you say, of technology and the ability to plug in some of the solutions for all these business owners to really help them. Because I certainly understand, like we talked about before, having to do a lot of these tedious tasks and things that can be automated. That's really, I think, where a lot of the burnout comes from. It sounds like, as we know, technology has played an incredible role in in helping automate a lot of these tedious tasks. What what are some of the, the latest digital solutions that Adobe is offering kind of to help us all gain back our time and, and really our lives? Yeah, I want to frame that in the context of really deeply understanding the different use cases that customers have, the tasks that they're trying to get done, and understanding how can we take friction out of the system. I'm on the part of the business that focuses on digital documents. We have an array of other solutions, whether it's for creative professionals or, or digital marketers. But the one common thread that I think goes through all of that, that Adobe strives to deliver is really thinking about it from a customer journey perspective, whether you're in the act of, I have a problem, I'm looking for a solution. How do we make it easy for you to try and discover the different solutions? And then, you know, there are, we release lots of products and features and updates, but I think one of the most important things that perhaps people don't talk a lot about is how do we make it more performant and faster? You think about how long does it take for something to open? How long does it take for it's a process, cutting the time out of that, even in the digital workspace, those milliseconds here and there ultimately add up and, and you're able to compress that down even further. And as we get into more types of customers that start to use and adopt and in the last year and a half, people that weren't maybe, wasn't the highest priority to digitize document workflows, for example, as that ascended in terms of, gosh, how do I get my, my restaurant menu online? because nobody wants to touch a, a piece of paper anymore. How do I get a website up and running? We touch all aspects of those digital experiences. And it's it ranges from kind of core, say, e-commerce capabilities to simple performance enhancements in things that we already have that help to help to get that time back um, into the hands of the customers that again are trying to focus on keeping their business resilient and in the best of times growing their business and expanding it into to other avenues. So I'd say in my world, where we look at paper to digital or our digital workflows, it's about really fine tuning and getting smarter and better using artificial intelligence and machine learning to process contract agreements. For example, the average contract is probably 30 some page lo- pages long when you get into all the legal- legalese and and caveats that you need to to go through. How do we make that simpler for people to read and process? How do we work at, it's a multi-device world. You're on a screen, I'm on a screen. It could be a mobile device. It could be a tablet. It could be a laptop or a really large desktop-based monitor. We're focused on the viewing experience in many cases to make that information of which there is so much more consumable in a way that is best suited to the device that you're on. If you're reading that 30-page contract on a mobile phone, that's a little bit harder than if you have like a 21 inch monitor. And so we're using AI and machine learning to adapt the experiences, automating, generating tables of contents that might not exist so that you can go find the piece of information that's most relevant to you. So just a few of the varied uh, endeavors that we have going. 
But, you know, just talking about that and something along the lines of finding something easier, a a table of contents, really at the end of the day, the amount of time that saves, having gone through many 30 page documents, you know, I really love that because that's what is exactly needed. And just in, in working in today's environment, have you found that through the pandemic, it's sped up people's learning curve with technology? Has that really help to kind of grow your business where you're not having to, let's say, teach as much or rely on everyone kind of having that technology? I would say definitely, yes. We saw, and and one of the early things that we did as a company was to make more things available for customers to, to learn how. Think of parents and children that were in school. How do you pivot from an in-class learning to remote learning and making tools, a lot of things that were simple and free using our, we have a, an app, Adobe Scan, um, that makes it easy to use your phone, take a picture, turn it into a PDF. And so if you're doing the math homework and you need to show your work and send it back to the teacher, how do you do that in a simple, repeatable fashion? That's one such thing that we did. We found that a vast array of prospects and customers were reskilling. You know, in some cases, people were furloughed. This is a, an, a, an incredible inflection point right now with a lot of people reevaluating what's important to them and changing jobs. And so the amount of reskilling and taking training and learning how to do something new has been at an all-time high and continues to to be at that level. Um, So we see that across an array of the solutions that we have where people are interested to learn more. They're going to webinars, they're reading the blogs and um, looking at demos to be able to see, you know, gosh, I've, I've got thousands of digital pictures. How can I, how can I organize them better? How can I um, go revisit that vacation that I took a couple of years ago in Italy because I, I can't travel right now. It's definitely been a huge spike in interest and engagement in, in that in those types of areas. You know, you mentioned about people really reevaluating their work and coming from what's happened over these past two years. What do you think is the main driver of a lot of this awakening and awareness of, of kind of what I'm doing? I think you know, when you're when the world changes and the extremes that it has it does give you the time um we all had a different sort of time allocation where you're you're maybe more locally limited to your home particularly during the lockdowns and it it forced the hard questions hey i've been doing this thing for a really long time is that what i'm meant to do are there other other things that uh, might make me be more happy. I think family and personal relationships that we're all on on a journey in some form or another, whether it's climbing the, the, the corporate ladder, whether it's continuing on in education, all of those big questions, I think, came to the forefront of our internal dialogue and a lot of the in, in a lot of our fam- familial and personal relationships. And I think it's always been there, but when you have a global pandemic, and the world kind of comes to a stop, those questions uh, beg to be answered. And I think now with the proliferation of social media and all the ways in which we're able to digitally connect, those conversations weren't just isolated and maybe in an internal monologue. The whole world was kind of talking about that. And so it was, it's been a moment that has come. And, and uh, I think we're all in our own time and, and course and speed, just processing through that and reflecting what's, what's most important. Is it how much I make or, or what I do? Am I giving back enough? Um, am I spending enough time with my family? I, I, I didn't see my parents for almost a year and a half. We all committed to, hey, 
let's uh, when we're vaccinated, let's get get back together again. And so you know, that first visit was amazing. And let's make sure that we are able to spend quality time together. I talk to my parents every day now over FaceTime just to check in and see how they're doing because I don't want that kind of time to ever pass again without being able to see them, even if it's not in, in, in flesh and blood. Yeah, it really is truly incredible how much more gratitude I have now just for simple things like basically going to a small cocktail party or just things that I I might've taken for granted in the past and just been focusing on work and I, I can't make it. And it really has changed us. And I'm really curious what you see for the future of work. And are, are we looking at a world where, you know, I know there's a lot of companies that are like getting people back to work. And then there's companies that have kind of gone all high, uh, all virtual. And then there's hybrid. I know no one has this crystal ball, but if there's anyone is good to ask this question and on how success happens, I ask this to every entrepreneur. And I'm just curious what you envision as the future of work over the next few years. I definitely am in the camp of it's going to be hybrid. There's definitely, I had a dinner the other night with a colleague that I haven't seen in five years. Uh, um, and there is something, something lost when you're 100% virtual. Those magical moments, the the drive-by in the hallway, the water cooler moment, they are harder to to replicate in a purely digital way. There's things like Slack and and Microsoft Teams that you can kind of, hey, got a moment, but it's not quite the, the same thing. That being said, we at Adobe always had a portion of our employee base that has been 100% remote. We'll see them for the meetings that matter live and in person, but probably less than 5% of our employee base was fully remote. And we definitely see that increasing to a, to a higher percent given the light and how we're changing our remote work policies. And I think the thing with hybrid is one of the great things about the working remotely is people that were on a Zoom or a digital video conferencing not everybody was always on video. You would hear them, but maybe not see them. And when you're when you have say ninety percent of the people physically in the room and ten percent of the people just a voice on a speaker somewhere, it's not quite the same thing. So I think we've all recognized how important it is to be seen, the nonverbal communication, the using the feature of like raising your hand or applauding if if something good happens or we're celebrating something. I think some of those those artifacts will totally carry through. It will change the way that we do meetings. It already has. The level of inclusiveness and the meeting hygiene that we have to make sure that everybody's being seen and heard will persist because we won't always be in the same place. People will be traveling but need to be participating in the meeting. And I think we'll be so much better at making sure that everybody is able to participate in an equal way. And I think that's that's the beauty of, of hybrid is now we've all been that voice on the other end of the line. We've all had a hiccup at some point where the video blips and, and you know, you pause, but your voice is still going or you start to sound robotic or whatnot. And there's more empathy and understanding to take a moment and not just go on to the next topic and, and skip over whatever that person was trying to say because it was important. And so I think that's uh, that discipline will continue to all get much, much better at it. And I think the tool sets too that we use, I mean, we had multiple ways in which we were connecting in our initial remote work way. I think there will be, we miss whiteboarding. I think that's one of the things when, when the PowerPoint isn't enough anymore and you need to start to draw the picture to help to make the point, those types of technologies 
that can bridge both the physical and the digital world, I think those are going to continue to evolve and get better and better so that no matter where you are, it feels like you're in the same place collaborating together. Collaboration, I think, is going to be even more important than it already is. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's so much benefit to the virtual end of it. But like you said, there's certain things you just can't do. But I'm sure knowing Adobe and the incredible products you guys put out, are there any solutions you want to share that you're working on that really might we can look forward to or benefit from in the near future or anything that has really come into, you know, without giving away any trade secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go into future product roadmaps, but I would say both within existing solutions that people know and love, how we better connect the, the way in which you collaborate, review, and approve things is going to get better and better. Making sure that even within our own family of applications and services, that those connections, whether it's a creative workflow or a document workflow, that it's it's better integrated. You know, we're a company of of homegrown, organically built and and inorganically acquired um, solutions, and there's a lot of opportunity and work to continue to connect those those ecosystems more tightly together, so that again we can remove friction from the system using our applications, how we integrate and embed in third party solutions as well, so that there's a full end-to-end experience. I think that's the important part is a lot of these digital experiences that exist today, there are bumps in the road, speed bumps that force you to go 15 miles an hour and you want to go 55. We're all about removing those roadblocks and simplifying and making things more accessible and consumable for all manner of, of customers, whether you're the, the creator or whether you're the consumer of it at the end of the, end of the line. Um, and I think that's, holistically about creating these these experiences for our customers is where we'll continue to focus, refine, and innovate. Sounds like this is for you personally, being someone who's really had a love of kind of small, medium-sized businesses and helping them grow and scale. It seems like this time for you must just be filled with opportunity and, and ideas. Are, are you enjoying that? I am. I think there are moments that you can look back with some time and perspective and go, that was an inflection point. And we are absolutely in the heart of one. I remember, you know, my parents would talk about when they remember getting a color TV. I think when the smartphones became wide and, you know, the first iPhone, like that was one of those milestone moments. I think this from a business perspective, from a, and not just business, but education, how citizens interact with the government it's all changing and and getting better and more more equality and more accessible for everyone and i think that's amazing and to be a part of that in some small way through technology and through conversations like this is absolutely thrilling well you're definitely a part of it not in a small way but a big way knowing how many people use and operate adobe products just personally from my experience and i can't live without them and with my businesses I built and the business I'm building right now. And personally, I wanted to to thank you for everything. And especially what you said, it seems like you really not only are, are looking at putting out new products, but the key is making these better and making them change. And it seems like you're doing that in a really real-time manner. Absolutely. And it's folks like yourself and feedback from customers that help us to so continue to raise the bar even higher. 
well, now I got your personal email, so uh, I can be, <laughs> I won't annoy you, I promise, but I definitely will let you know. But from everything you guys have done and the amount of solutions I use from your business and, and Adobe, I will tell you that keep doing it because it's just given me more time outside the office. And, and like you said, kind of having an awakening this year and having family and just wanting to gain my life back. Uh, I've, I've learned that for sure this year. So thank you to you and keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on How Success Happens, Todd. Thank you, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Wish you all the best success and, and thanks for having me. You got it. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.